Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week, I'm joined here remote. I mean, we're always remote, or for the most part, always remote, but in different locations with Dwayne. Yes, and we found Soccer Dan. We, we did him. find Soccer Dan. <laughs> soccer Dan, how are you? And I'm doing well. Um, we're just finishing up our spring break. It's been pretty darn nice. Awesome. Oh. Good for you. Yeah, shout out to our educators, you know, all, enjoying spring break. Well-deserved week off. And yes, good week. And uh, no soccer this week for Polytech, huh? Uh, no soccer this week for Polytech. Yep. Well, we're going to we're going to get to Polytech here in a second. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> uh, all right, but first let's do a little recap. All right, so Duane, you and I were at the Cecil tournament. Soccer Dan, you were at the APL Spring Showdown. Yep. So Dan, why don't you go first? How was your tournament weekend with the 2011 boys? Uh, it was good. Um, it was a nice event. Uh, we played four 25 games. Um, so. That, that had its good and its bad moments. We we, were, we did well. We scored a few goals, um, but unfortunately, with the short games, by the time you get into a rhythm, then the game ended. So if the boys didn't come out quick, uh, they struggled a little bit. But it was a it was a nice event that was uh, put on. Nice. Is it's an interesting format for sure, though. Um, would you would you do more than one event in that format a year? Um, I don't know that I would do too many of those a year because, like I said, it's short. So you play for twenty five minutes, and then we were off for an hour and a half, um, in, in between two games, and then another time we played for twenty five minutes. And we're off for about an hour, right? Uh, so it just it kind of makes it tough for the for the boys, I think, to get into a rhythm. Yeah. But good that you had a you had a good tournament weekend or a good day, good tournament day uh, with it being Easter weekend. So that's good. That's positive. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely we, going into that tournament with like bare minimum players. Like I don't even think you can have sub. Like I'm going in there with nine players and just like two teams and nine. Yeah, we we probably could have done that. Um, but some of the kids still needed breaks for for various reasons. I mean, it was a little bit of a hot day on Saturday. Oh yeah, yeah, Saturday was nice. Yeah. Uh, Duane, how was your experience at Teasel? Uh, I was I was on I was on Gilligan's Island, man. I was all by you myself. Were, you were really not in Cecil. <laughs> I wasn't even in Cecil. I was at Northeast Maryland at a high school. Um, but it was cool. I mean, everybody in the bracket being at the same location and being able to watch the games um, was nice. Uh, we got some God soccer points, which is always good. We beat the champion, uh, the team that won the championship. Uh, good. Most of the other two teams. But it's still <laughs> a good experience. Yeah, pretty pretty backwards weekend. Um, yeah, lost the first game, won the second game, beat the champions, and then... Yeah, I can, yeah. He's had to not lose, but he lost. But 
the boys got a good experience. It was good for them to be competitive. Um, a lot of our games are either we dominate or we get beat pretty bad. Right. So it was good to have three consistent competitive games where we had to fight and battle and every, everything mattered. So it was good. And shout out to soccer Dan for um, calling up four of his players to assist me this week, uh, that weekend. Nice. Um, they were able to experience Olympia 11 and experience a different, um, different environment. So it was good for them. And I think they learned a lot and will definitely help out his 2011 team going forward. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, so on the girl side, uh, well, we also had a, we did have a team, uh, the 2010 boys did win um, their, their bracket at the, at the Cecil tournament at the Chesapeake cup. Um, so that was good for them. And then um, the girls, we did okay. We did, you know, the, the 2008 girls struggled a little bit in their first two games and won the third. Um, the 07 girls were somewhat shorthanded, but did really well with the, with the numbers they had. Uh, the 2010s were split into two teams, an 11 v 11 team that, again, did okay. Played probably their best game was the last game against the 09s. So that was, that was a difficult game. Um, the 09s did well. You know, they they won two and lost one, and they, the game they lost was one nothing. So it was it was a close game. Um, and then the uh, twenty ten team that was the nine v nine team, I thought played really well against some really good competition. Played um, played Henlopen, who we've played before, and Henlopen's 20, 2010 team is is pretty good. They they're they're pretty physical. They're pretty strong. Uh, they're a solid group. So it was good good competition against them. Um, and then played two other teams that were good. So it was, it was a fun, it was honestly a, a really fun event. I was very happy with, with the performance of some of the groups. Um, I think the adjustment of the field conditions and the weather was, was difficult for some of the players, but overall good, good event. So excited for that. Um, Dwayne, it's hard to get Dan on the schedule for this because again, like, life of an educator, but May 27th is going to be our episode 100. We've done, we're going to be, we are four episodes or five episodes away from hundred episodes. Isn't that crazy? Like that is crazy. It's been, it's been a hundred weekends, hundred, hundred Fridays, a hundred Fridays in a row. In a row. Well, I mean, again, there's been some episodes that haven't been recorded on a Friday, but they've been released on Friday. So we've, we've recorded a hundred different episodes. Which is crazy. Like it's it's really really cool. I'm really excited about. Um, so we're already working on getting some guests. So soccer Dan, you know May 27th. Put that on your calendar if you're around. Uh, right, have your people too. reach out to my people. I mean it's Memorial Day weekend. I don't know if you have Friday. If you have school that Friday of Memorial Day. I don't know either. All right. Uh, that was just, that's a good question. It's a really good question. So um, it's also the day before the Champions League final. So there's definitely going to be a ton of things to talk about on that episode. On the fact that, on top of the fact that it's going to be episode 100, which is really, really It'll cool. Be in the middle of the girls' high school playoffs after the first round. After the first round, yeah, we'll have yeah we'll have reports on that. Yeah, so it'll we'll, be after we'll, we'll, the we'll all state meeting coaches. too. Yeah, we got to get some coaches in here, man. See who's still in it and who's who's on the couch. I mean, I hopefully will still be in it. Hopefully, you might yeah. be on the couch. Who knows? Who knows? That is very true. Um, but I'm excited for episode 100. We might actually, for episode 100, we might actually do a, a live episode 
with video. That might actually be pretty cool. I think that'd be cool. And I, I know the exact place to do it. If soccer Dan doesn't have work, I know he's got the location secured for us in Middletown. <laughs> but then, but then like that becomes a little harder. You're leaving an internet connect, a stable internet connection though. It's true. But I know so got- spot in Middletown, first state brewing, man. Uh, we, I know we could get him there. I know we could secure soccer Dan. If we go to first state brewing. You mean a live from? Yeah. Oh man. I mean two weeks ago uh, we did two or last week we did a live from Middletown Village. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, Carly. Yeah, Carly was there too. So it was a good time. All right, Dan. Um I do want to know about Polytech. How is the season going with Polytech? How is coaching girl soccer once again? Just as I asked him that question, that's when he froze. <laughs> you, you glitched. I didn't hear what oh. you said. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, it must be a virus or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how convenient it is that this question. Um, I was asking how the season is going so far with Polytech. Uh, it's, been, it's been interesting. It's been a lot of fun at times. Um, I kind of stepped away from working with the high school girls team a little bit last year. And so it was, it was good to kind of get back and meet the girls that were freshmen last year, uh, and, and see, um, how, how good they are. Uh, we've got some good seniors, so, you know, they've been, they've been working together really well. They're, you know, they're being exposed to kind of a different style of play than what they've done in the past. So it's been kind of a struggle for them at times. You know, they, they've gotten so used to dribbling. And when we say we want you to play with fewer touches, they kind of look at me like there's no way in the world that we can do this. Um, but over the course of the last few weeks, they've really developed um, – the skill and, and possessing the ball and trying to get forward. It's just, unfortunately, you know, we have so many new players or players that don't play that much. Um, so they are also trying to catch up to what's going on in the game. So it's, uh, it's been kind of an interesting season. And your strength of schedule, man, is, is got to be one of the hardest schedules in the state. You've got quality opponents, one through fifteen. Pretty much, yes. Um, so and that makes it tough, uh, you know. And something that I think we've we've talked about, and we all know, is um, if you have a goalkeeper, you've got a lot, you know. Like, and and it's tough to find um, a girl a female goalkeeper at the high school level. So, you know, we've got girls that want to do it. They just are lacking the experience of playing. So there's, that's where we've, we've really struggled the most. And that's, that's an interesting point. I think, and I'm experiencing it with, with Odessa that um, 
the opponents that we sometimes play, if you're right, if they don't have a goalkeeper, it becomes it, it becomes a for us um a little bit of an easier thing, right? We we aimed at at the idea of shooting from outside the box a little bit more and trying to risk some more shots and, and things like that. At the same time, I think having a goalkeeper gives you the confidence in at times a little bit of a leadership uh or leader on the field that's that can calm things down um defensively so i think that's there's a lot there's a lot that you can that you can do with a goalkeeper um so well um, i think what what we have seen is our girls will play with confidence on the field and they play hard and they're competing and then when the goalkeeper makes what would be deemed a a silly mistake and it happens again and again, they, the the field players begin to lose confidence. Right. So then they kind of get out of, uh, you know, the good habits that have been created. So that's where, you know, it it has impacted Polytech. I I believe is that the girls step on the field and they want to play and they want to do all the right things. And then silly mistake. We give up a goal. And that gives confidence to the other team when really it was against the run of play, let's say, or, you know, when the girls are competing and they, and they see something like that, I, I think they struggle with why the heck are we continuing to do it this way? So right. uh, then they break the habits that we've tried to develop. Um, I, I had a question for you, Dan, because you've been, you've been coaching for, for um a couple ever a couple years um forever so how i don't know if we've ever asked you how old were you when you started coaching 19 is i coached my first i coached the first girls travel team in dover that was it and that was an experience because three or four of the girls were dancers and um, they were able to put their foot up by their head. So when you tell them, I oh, don't do that, you can't do that. And they, they go and do it anyways. And they still bring the ball down. <laughs> it's like, well, what do I know? Apparently you can do that. Um, so yeah, that was, that was an interesting experience. And a bunch of the girls were, uh, sisters of friends of mine. Right. So, you know, that was quite an experience. Um, and now I've coached some of their kids, um, which has been pretty cool experience. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a little while. So the reason, the reason why I ask is because I've, I've been going through this lately. I feel like these, the last year or two has, I've I've experienced this this sort of transition or change, but do you remember the time where you, um, where you didn't no longer felt like the the young or the new coach, and you were you were on the other side of it where you were now the more experienced coach and you were somewhat helping the younger coaches. Do you do you feel like you you had that moment or no? Um, sometimes, but I still feel like I'm trying to like i'm the new coach trying to figure it out uh because 
that's one of the interesting challenges is it's always something different. You never step on the, the field at practice and get the exact same thing. So there's always some new experience. Uh, so it, I'm always trying to figure out what's going on is what it seems like as, as far as the kids and, um, you know, it, so to answer the question, maybe it was a couple of years ago okay. that I felt like I could maybe help a younger coach, um, just with the experience I've had, but still, you know, I still can't step on the field and tell somebody they're doing it right or wrong necessarily. Right. Um, because I, it, like I said, it, it seems every, every season and even, um, sometimes session to session things change so frequently that it's like, well, shoot, I thought I had that figured out. I thought we had solved that problem and there's, there's an, a new thing to overcome or, or the other side of it is, holy cow, they're progressing better than I thought they would. So, uh, trying to get used to how the kids are, you know, are going to show up to, training and if, if it's going to be consistent week in and week out or if there's going to be um inconsistencies to overcome those those are always options or uh, obstacles sorry that that i'm dealing with and i think every coach deals with that i can't imagine you know even somebody that's been at it for 40 years is able to say it's going to go this way everything's going to go to my plan i've worked on a session plan I know these kids and then there's, it always goes according to plan. Right? So yeah, I mean, that, based, that's on, what, uh, based on what Chad, based on Chad's session with uh, Dwayne's team last night, I can tell you that, that he experienced this a little bit of that yesterday. Frustrated. <laughs> Chad? Yeah. Let's, let's say that. <laughs> huh. Well, I, here's what I have learned. I think that it doesn't do me any good to throw cones um, or kick hard plastic objects. <laughs> so that's, that's something I have learned over the, the course of my time. Like that, that really doesn't do much good. And it's interesting because I've been, I've been more on the, on the, I've been on the sidelines with you um, a couple of times where you have gotten frustrated and, and I, and I try to, and I try to, again, I think I take a similar approach to you where, I feel like I'm never, I feel, I feel really strange when people ask me like for advice or like, Hey, how would you do this? Or they're like, Oh, Hey, we, you know, we, we want to, I want to be your assistant coach or whatever it is so we can learn. And I'm like, why am I the one that's teaching you? Because ultimately I feel like anytime I sit on a sideline with other people, I'm, I'm there to learn. Like I'm there to try to pick things up. And one of the things that, that I enjoy about sitting on a sideline with you is I try to grasp, like I try to grab as much of that like calmness that at times you have, even when you are frustrated. So that's something well, that I'm trying like to do. Calmest, frustrated person I've ever seen. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and it, I, I, again, I think some of that frustration comes from not the kids necessarily, but why didn't I think about that? Like, some of that frustration is aimed at me, um, 
more so than it is the kids because you know especially the ages that I've been coaching um or the experience levels that I've, I've been coaching let's say that you have to realize like wait a minute they haven't really been doing it that long right you know we've only had so many sessions or we've only addressed uh same you know certain things so many times like so it's we have to keep coming back to it um and if you get frustrated and, and don't think about it's still a teaching process and it's still a learning process on their part but for us it's still we're still trying to figure out how to hit all the modalities of learning you know we talk about it as educators in the classroom you have these different modalities but the same thing holds true outside on the field uh, right. You know that they have to. You as coaches still have to figure out how to address all those modalities. You can some kids you can just draw a picture and send them out in the field and they'll do it. Other kids have are, are more what's called hands on, where they have to be involved in it a few times before they before they're able to to pick it up. So you know, that's where it the frustration comes from. Uh, at times with me is I look at it and I say, and I didn't address certain things uh, with certain kids, whatever that may be. So, but then other times when kids do the same thing over and over again, then it becomes easy to be vocally frustrated. And, um, and maybe that's what you guys are referring to. <laughs> <laughs> well, Absolutely. You well, can't no. turn the ball over three times. You say, stop turning the ball over, and they turn it over a fourth time. And you're lose, you're right. lose. Well, and, and that's that's really you know the turning the ball over. That's that's kind of that happens, you know. But it's why why are we turning it over? Right. Are you doing the same thing or not doing the same thing that we've talked about? You know, the, the repetitions should have been there. Um, so. If we've done it, why, why isn't the kid performing the skill or the movement that we expect from them? Is it they are lazy and therefore maybe they need a uh, not lazy? Sorry, they're tired and so they might need a break. Um, is it that maybe they just don't want to do what you're asking them to do, and then maybe they need a different position, um, or is it my fault? Well. And I think that's this brings up the the next question is have you seen since you started coaching, right? Have you seen a change in player development as far as like do you think kids like do you think that there's been any change since you started coaching as far as like when kids understand concepts, or do you think they started they they pick them up a little bit faster now, or do you think it they've they pick them up a little slower? It's about the same. Like, have you seen a change in player development since you started coaching? Um, that's, it's kind of an interesting question because everything used to be very direct. Like it was wide and, and forward. You know, so when I started, that's how fast can we get to the other end? Um, which still works for some teams, but I think, well, as far as the development aspect of it goes, you know, in particular within our club, we want the holistic approach. We want all aspects of 
ball striking and receiving, um, you know, right foot, left foot, uh, the movement, and and in particular, like the purpose of the movement. And, you know, we're not just asking kids to turn and run. You know, we want them facing the ball, running backwards, opening up their body. So, yeah, those aren't things that we talked about um, when I started. You know, somebody might have been doing it, but you know, when I, when I speak with guys that I've played with, you know, in high school, that stuff wasn't really discussed. Like the, I think the, the Federation has done a tremendous job of educating coaches um, where 20 years ago, that's, that wasn't really thought of as much. So, you know, I think that's been a big part is the, the education has come from the federation. And even if a coach hasn't taken part in any federation courses, it's getting, I think the information is getting disseminated through other coaches that have, uh, you know, it, it used to be, we didn't have anything to watch on TV unless the national team played on occasion, there would be a game to watch. Now kids can watch YouTube and learn new moves and, and get an understanding of types of play. Uh, the MLS is on at least three, three days a week. The, the Premier League is on three days a week. So there's, there's so much soccer that kids can watch where 20 years ago, we didn't have that option. Right. And, uh, and so that has tremendously helped kids develop. So, yeah, you can go to like, think about it. Like now you can go to the, the Philadelphia union game. That's very accessible. It's an hour away. Or a DC United right. game. Those, ga- those clubs are close and, you know, ticket prices don't cost an arm and a leg like other sports where it's like, Hey, I've got 20 bucks. Right. You can go to the game. Yep. Well, you know, I, um, took the 06 boys. We, you know, we invited them out to see Wilmington University play a couple times. And um, the ones that have gone to see those games have have been up close to the field. They're, they're getting to witness a different style of play um, from both teams. But then they're also being exposed to the, the style of play that Nick wants them to use in their own games. So, you know, it's games are just much more accessible. Kids are, are being able to pick up things by, you know, visually observing it uh, versus somebody just telling them to go and do it. Well, I think, you know, I, I went to, so the UD women's team had a, had a scrimmage on Tuesday and, and I went there and we, there's maybe three or four players that that came and Jeff Cameron came with me to the game and we we were there and it was probably pretty cold. I mean, it was it was pretty cold, so it was windy and but but in, and I think in as Dan was talking about right this idea of being able to now show up. I think it's important that parents take advantage of those opportunities, right? I think it's it's an important um, it's important in multiple ways. I I look at it from the standpoint of like if you're a young player. Whether you're going to end up playing at Wilmington or at UD or, or wherever else, or if you don't want to play, or if you do want to play, or you, you're thinking about it, 
it gives you the opportunity to see like you know for for you dan you have adrian on your you know on on your on your coaching staff with you right and that's a player that plays at wilmington i have sarah who played it on tuesday right so the players that are playing are also coaching with us which is really cool because now it breaks that barrier now you can ask questions right how did your game go how did you do um hey i saw you did this how'd you figure that out or how'd you do that or why'd you do you know why'd you make this decision at that time right like players can now go and talk to other players right our young players can go talk to college players and get a sense of what it's like to be a college player right and i think that's a huge Absolutely. huge advantage uh, for players and and i think it's tough right so in you know we we've had this comment or, or feedback from parents before of like well i don't want to go because my kid's just going to goof off half the time and just run around the bleachers with their friends or just yeah but if you don't take them, then you don't give them the opportunity to ever experience it, right? Like, you know, I also at- never know what the kid is going to take away. Like, yeah, right. the kid might be goofing off in the bleachers, but the five or ten minutes that they actually watch the game may go a long way. Like, they may realize. Well, it's an exposure thing, right? Like the first yeah. time, the first time my daughter started with the discovery program, out of the forty-five minutes, she did fifteen minutes of it. The other 30, she was off doing whatever else. It wasn't, it wasn't like, because her attention span wasn't there for it. Now she's in her fourth season of it. And I watched her for 45 minutes, actually pay attention and train and, and do the activities. Right. And she had a, she had a blast with it because it takes time, right? It, it takes time to adjust. It takes time. The more you're exposed to it, the more you're used to it, the more you can hold the attention span on it. Right. And watching soccer is pretty much the same unless you, I mean, we, I mean, we all know people, probably coaches within our own club that don't watch soccer or can't watch soccer because they, they, they find it boring, right? And you still coach, right? Not every game is exciting, right? You really have to enjoy the, the sport to watch 90 minutes of anything, right? Yeah, and you can't, you can't go into it with the expectation that you're looking for something specific. Right. Just got to like, be open-minded I mean, and go with it. Yeah, like a couple of weeks ago I was at the Charlotte Philadelphia Union game and like you know, I'm just going there just to watch the game do something but you know Charlotte never tried to play the ball forward they tried to build on the back build on the back and never worked Philadelphia Union just pressed them so like my takeaway from that is well if a team never wants to play the ball forward press them yeah right like they, they don't want to play yeah so like you you've got to take little things away from it um I think a big thing for the kids is seeing, hey, I might be the best player on my team, but if I go and watch another game, what who's the can you identify the best player? What are they doing to make their team better? Right. So I think oftentimes a lot of players think because they're the best player, they can dribble, they can do everything, they're the guy. But if you look at professionals or even at the collegiate level, the best players are just setting other players up. And that's why they're the best players. Like I'm the number 10, but my job is to make my forward better. My job is to connect the outside backs with the midfield. Like, so I think that's a huge part of watching games too, is to see players for players to identify who the players are in their position. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, Dan, you got, you got time for a game for a short game. Short game. Short game. A short game. All right. We're going to play. Small sided. Small side. Yeah, we're gonna do we're gonna do a quick 25 minute game. Um, all right. 
because because there are there is so much uh, soccer in the world to be able to watch to be able to be watched. That means we can learn about different clubs and different teams. And this is one of our favorite games to play. And we try to play it anytime we have multiple guests. Um, and I don't think you've ever played this game with us before, Dan. Uh, so we're going to play the team abbreviation game. So here's how the game works. Uh, we'll go first to five. We'll make it, we'll make it quick. Well, first to five points. Um, we are going to stick with England. So all the teams I'm going to give you are all within England. Okay. Or some or play in the English Championship, League One, League Two, or the Premier League. Oh boy. Okay. All right. They're all FA Cup eligible. Yes. Yes. And we also have the English National League. So we can go even deeper down the rabbit hole. Um you forgot the uh, game show music. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. No, wait, that's not it. No, wait. There we go. Okay. All right. All right, so uh, Dan, since you're the you're you're the guest, uh, you can go first. I'll even let you pick. Uh, you can tell me what league you want me to find a team from. So I'm going to give you the abbreviation. You got to give me the team name. Hey, just give it to me. Just whatever you got. All right, I'll give you a Premier League team. All right, we'll go. We'll go okay. Premier League. So this is from the 21-22 season. All right. Okay. All right, so let's go with hmm. Let's go with N O R. Norwich. There you go. All right, Dan's on the board. One nothing. All right, doing. I'll go. We'll go also uh, Premier League here. Let's go. Uh, w L V. Uh, Wolves. Wolverhampton. There you go. All right, one one. Okay. All right, Dan. We're gonna jump to we're gonna jump to a different league. I'm not gonna tell you this this league next time. Just gonna go with it. Um, let's go with S U N. Sunderland. There you go. All right. Shout out to Jersey Altador. <laughs> uh Dwayne. Let's go with. Oh, here we go. RDG. Reading? Yes. Reading. 2-2. Two, two. All right. Um, Dan. B-O-L. B-O-L. Oh, I got this one. Um, B O L. Baloney. Baloney? No, not baloney. Uh, Duane, do you want a non-point steal here? Isn't it Bolton? It is Bolton Wanderers. Bolton. That's right, Bolton uh, Wanderers. All right, uh, Duane. Let's go. We'll give doing a hard one, so that way we keep we keep Dan in the in the game here. Um, B R R. B R R. B R R. Uh, yeah, that's a no. No shot. Dan, Dan, do you do you, do you have an answer? Do you have an idea? Yeah, yeah, that's um, Burrothel. 
<laughs> it's Bristol Rovers. Bristol Rovers. Bristol That's what Rovers. I said, isn't it? <laughs> All right, uh, Dan. We're gonna give you one. Here's one more. Uh, I, think, I think this is the fourth one. So we're we're still tied two to two, right? Uh, P N E. P N E. Preston North End. There you go. Dan's up three two. Let's go. All right. Um, Dwayne. C V C. C V C. C V V is in Victor. C V C. No. Dan, ah. you want to take a guess? Coventry City. There you go. Man. Oh it man, Dan's up three to two, and and he goes next. They probably uh, were in the Premier League twenty years ago. No, I mean, they, in the championship, it didn't now. matter if they were because you couldn't watch it. it wasn't on TV. <laughs> it wasn't on TV. That's just right. said that <laughs> they were in the right. they were in the Delaware State News twenty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, let's go. All right, Dan, let's go with. Uh, B R. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Hold on, we'll start again. B B R. Oh, I got that one. B B R. Um, Birmingham. Nope. Dwayne. Black Blackburn Rovers. Blackburn Rovers. Yeah. All right, Dwayne. Here's your chance to catch up. B R S. It's hard. B R S. We've done Blackburn, done Bristol. It's not Birmingham. Blackpool. Black, no, it's not Blackpool. Um, B R S. B R S. B R S. Oh no, Brockport. Brock. Brockport, Brockport State? <laughs> Barnsley. Barnsley. Wait, how come I didn't get a chance to steal on that one? Oh, sorry. Did you know it? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I mean, it... All right, Dan, you're still up three to two here. All right. Um, uh, let's go P-T-U. P-T-U. It's a Michael Jackson song, right? <laughs> PTU Preston Town Under. Uh, you were, I mean, <laughs> no, actually, I was gonna say you were no. close, but you're not close. Not uh, Dwayne Preston Town United, nope, Peterborough United. Oh, Peterborough, uh, of course, yeah. All right, uh, Dwayne. Um, let's see. Let's go back to the Premier League. You want to go now? The Premier League ones are all easy. I mean, the Premier League ones are easy. There's, there's not much of a challenge in the Premier League. ARS Arsenal. They beat Chelsea the other day. <laughs> um. Oh, here we go. I got one. This one. This is going to be a good one. DVA. D V A V A. 
Dover. Dover. <laughs> right. Yeah, Dover Athletic. Well done. <laughs> Figured that was a fun one, right? Yes, man. That's what right, so, right after. So it's three to three. All right. Uh, Dan, you're up. Um, let's go. Ooh, this one, this one could be a tricky one, I think. Yeah, I'm gonna give you this one just because it's a tricky one. SHF. Oh, it's two of them. SHF. Southampton. Nope. Yeah, it is. SHF? Yeah, I just told you. (laughs) So where's the F in Hampton? Football. Silent. Silent. (laughs) Silent. Uh, Dwayne? It's Sheffield Wednesday or Sheffield United. Which one are you going to go with? We'll go Wednesday. It is Wednesday. Yep, Sheffield Wednesday. All right. Uh, Dwayne, RTU for the lead here. RTU. Yep. Reading Township. <laughs> nope. Rotherham United. Rotherham. I thought Rotherham was in uh, the Netherlands. Um, all right. Dwayne. Or no, Dan. Uh, Dan. LNC. LN as in Nancy. Luton. C. Luton. Luton. Nope. Luton free. Nope. Lincoln City. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I think Dan's, Dan's, Dan's giving up on the game. Um, all right. Uh, Dwayne, CMU. Uh, you, you're muted, sir. Central Michigan. <laughs> um, no. CMU. CMU. You're you're down like leap one, man. You're just stretching here. Uh, No no shot, man. No? What do we play to? We're playing to five. We get some easier teams. All right. Okay. All right. So that was Cambridge United. All right. Yeah. Uh, Dan. 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 NTG. NTG. Nottingham. There you go. Four to three. Um. Uh, let's see. All right, uh, Dwayne, CDF. Cardiff. Yep. See, we're four four, right? So now, like, mm. now it becomes a lot easier if I go. We got some. We got some easier teams. We got some points. I know, but that's not the point, right? Like, I. Hey, you I, stop I making up. You stop making up clubs. <laughs> all right. Um. All right, Dan. MLW. Millwall. Yep. All right, Dwayne, you need this or else you're uh you're oh, all right. I'm gonna give Dwayne I just uh, got soccer points here. All right, let's see. <laughs> all right, Dwayne. O A T. Oh <laughs> yeah. O A T O A T. Yeah, you 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 really like trying to screw me over on this one. Um, oat, 
<laughs> OAT. Old, 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 I don't know. You want to take a guess here? Old Ham Township? I don't know. Ooh. I, I don't know. Old Ham Athletic. Old Ham Athletic. That's right. Oh, man. You got to give me the Old Ham, though. You know? nah, I don't know. Dan, what do you think? I would give it to him. Is that in the game? <laughs> <laughs> no, if you don't give it to him, you win. Oh, I win? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, then I win. <laughs> all right um all right so before we before we go into the player of the match i wanted to bring up one one more story for the two i gotta hey i have to put you on pause okay or mute okay you're gonna mute me or you're gonna mute yourself i'm muted i'm muting me but can you still hear me no you can't still hear me all right okay all right. Good talk. Uh, good, talk. <laughs> good talk. Well done. All right. Um, but I do want to bring this up to you, uh, Dwayne, and I wanted to bring it up to Dan too to get his take on it. Um, so I don't know if you saw it in the news recently. Um, but uh, does the name Steve Hodge mean anything to you? Steve Hodge. Steve Hodge. No. No, the name Steve Hodge doesn't mean anything to you. No, he must be pretty old. So Steve Hodge played for England in the 1986 World Cup. Yeah, that's why it means nothing to me. I was born in 95. All right. Well, hold on. Maybe Dan. Okay, I'm back. All right. Dan, does the name Steve Hodge mean anything to you? What did he say I did? (laughs) No, nothing? So So Steve Hodge played for England in the 1986 World Cup. Oh, that Steve Hodge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Steve Hodge became somewhat famous uh, for a couple of things. Um, one, he was the player that played the ball backwards for Maradona to uh, score the hand of God goal. Yeah. And he was also the player that kept that Maradona traded jerseys with after the game. Damn right. Maradona should have. Yeah. Well, I mean, Maradona scored two goals in that game. Uh-huh. Thanks for making my life easy, buddy. Um, I'll give you this shirt. <laughs> well, he not only scored the hand of God gold, he also scored the goal of the century one where he takes the ball from midfield, gets past everybody, and then scores the goal. Yeah. Well, Steve Hodge is now putting up that jersey after 35 years. Um, Jesus, he hang on. Yeah, well, on sorry, 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 hold on. Um, yeah, so Steve Hodge, after 35 years, uh, is putting the jersey up for auction. Cleaning out the house. <laughs> so the the auction has is already live. You can you can go online and, and look at it. Um it's at Sotheby's. Sotheby's. Um Sotheby's? Sure. Sotheby's auction house. Yes, there you go. Yep. Um I know it well. <laughs> I do all my auctioning there. <laughs> well, if you're if you're out there browsing, Dan, you might be able to bid on this. Uh, so yeah. the auction ends at on May fourth. Um, there is a minimum, or there with the minimum, the whatever they call it, insurance or guarantee or whatever it is that auctions have. The reserve. The reserve. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, was four million, four million pounds. Four, four million pounds. Four, sure. wow. It's already it's already been met. 
for a dirty shirt. I'm sure he didn't wash it. <laughs> it smells uh, like Maradona. Yeah. Um, hey, if it has any, his hair still in it, you might be able to call probably him. smells like urine. He probably <laughs> urinated on it before the game was over. He's like, here, take this, buddy. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So the Maradona jersey from the 86 World Cup. Um, that jersey is extremely famous for a couple of reasons. Obviously, for the for those two goals, but also because um, that was not the original blue jersey that Argentina went to the World Cup with. They swapped the jersey and they pressed the jersey like the night before. Wow, how about that? Yeah, they went out and bought bought jerseys because the other jersey they had they didn't like, so. Um, just ran over to the local Dick Sporting Goods and bought some, <laughs> some new jerseys in Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah. L so, Dick Sporting Goods. <laughs> <laughs> so four million pounds right now. It's it's projected to go anywhere between four and six million pounds. How about that? Jesus. Uh, so the question is, how much? It's only money. What's the most you would spend on a jersey? Uh, see, I bought I bought the red and white striped um, U.S. jersey. And I think I paid like seventy five dollars, and it hurt. Okay, so that'll do yeah. seventy five bucks, especially a, a dirty jersey. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna buy a Weston McKinney jersey a couple of weeks ago, and I looked at it, and it was like one hundred and sixty bucks. I was like, absolutely not. All right, so those are new jerseys, though. But what would you spend? What would you spend on a used game jersey from one of your favorite players? I mean, it depends on how much. Uh, I got spend some money on a Danny Alves jersey. Yeah. What uh, if he? Had, what if he signed it? Oh yeah, I would. I would have to. Dan, Sorry, is there a player? You... Is there a player you would go over? You would you would go over a hundred bucks for? Not no. Danny Alves. No, I mean, Dan. Let's put it like this. If it's a Jordan PSG jersey, I'd spend $100 on it. Okay. It's, and it's a, it's and it's a, a goat on the side of it. The goat sponsorship. Oh. Spend $100. Nope. Dan, I can't remember. who were. Do you remember who Not you said it, were your three favorite players growing up? Also, I have to leave the hotel because the house. Yeah. Is, yeah. Uh, would, would you, would I, you? I wouldn't buy one of their jerseys for more than $100. No? There, there is not a single. It does. That makes no sense. I don't understand the <laughs> shoe market. I don't understand the jersey thing. Like, I, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I, I absolutely cannot wrap my head around. <laughs> but I guess if I had four million dollars just lying around, then maybe. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, right now there, I, there is, there is no, there, there's no amount of money I can imagine spending to buy somebody else's jersey yeah interesting yeah it's just no it's people people collect different things right people yeah you don't yeah it's not your thing that's okay nothing wrong with that thanks for not judging me of course never gonna judge you of course (laughs) not um what if what if one of your kids came up and said listen dad give me a hundred i'll give me a hundred bucks for one of my old jerseys I'll sign it for you. I'd have to find out what was wrong with them. <laughs> what kind of what kind of trouble are you in? <laughs> what do you need this money for? 
<laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh, player of the match. Um, I'm going to go first. I'm going to give uh, my player of the match uh, this week to um, all the 2011s that came up and played with the 2010s this weekend. Um, they did a really good job. It was really fun to have them. Um, and so, yeah, so the 2011s get a get a player of the match. I might be stealing potentially what Dwayne was going to say. But Dwayne, what's your, who's your player of the match? Uh, can you hear me? Yeah. I'm going to give my player of the match to uh you still hear me? Yeah, still here. I'm going to give my player of the match to uh Madeline Reed for giving up her spot on the top 37 players. I don't know if she teammate. actually did. I think she might have talked about it. Well, just discussing to give up your spot to another player. Um it speaks highly a high class of of that player. There you go. It's a classy move. Uh, Dan, do you have a player of the match you would like to highlight? Um, you know, I would I would like to highlight all the Liverpool fans um, for their gesture in the seventh minute of the uh, United Liverpool game the other day. Yeah, that yeah. was pretty classy. Yeah, that was. Yeah, for those of you that that don't know, um, Cristiano Ronaldo. And his uh, partner, Georgina Rodriguez, um, she was pregnant with twins. Uh, their son, unfortunately, passed away um, at, at birth. So uh, really sad. Um, all right. Uh, on this day in soccer history. Okay. April 22nd, 1998. Dan, what were you doing April 22nd, 1998? What day of the week was it? Uh, it was a <laughs> Tuesday. Probably preparing for final exams. Okay. Oh, uh, I'm kidding. I certainly wasn't doing that. <laughs> I was uh, definitely in college. <laughs> um, all right. So England was playing Portugal at Wembley. And for the first time, um, Phil Neville replaced his brother. On the field. So the first time the Neville brothers substituted for each other. So Phil went in for Gary. About that. There you go. All right. So, um, all right. Fair play of the week. That was a quick one. Um, fair, um, oh, by the way, England won 3 nothing over Portugal that day. Um, uh, fair play of the week. My fair play of the week goes out to my kids uh, for uh, uh, asking to play our podcast while I was taking them to school this morning. And then not only asking to play the podcast, but also like humming the intro music to the podcast. So um, hmm. I don't listen to the podcast myself because I don't like to listen to myself. Uh, but apparently my kids enjoy it. So uh, my kids asked to listen to the podcast while I was in the car. Um, so, yeah. Cool. So shout out to my kids for making me feel really good this morning. Uh, Dwayne, uh, my favorite play of the week is going to go out to the uh old line uh tournament director for putting me at the same fields for all of my games, um, back to back. So, shout out to him because I don't have to commute like I did last year. Yeah, last year was crazy. 
Last year, I ended up in Bel Air, then Cecil, then back in Bel Air, and then back in Cecil. It was crazy. Yeah, I was driving up and down the entire state of Maryland. Yeah. Dan, One day, I had to go down South 95. And the other day, I had to go um, over the Bay Bridge. So it was interesting. Uh, Dan, do you have a fair play of the week? I do. My fair play of the week will go to my wife for listening to me talk on this podcast on our trip to the beach. She has been a gracious sport the whole time. Considering she can't hear what we're saying, right? So she's only getting like one half of the conversation, which is not as fun. Correct. Now, here's a question. On your way back from the beach, do you think you guys will listen to the podcast in its entirety? Absolutely not. So that way she can get the full context? Nope. No. Sure won't. Okay. She doesn't. She, she doesn't want to listen to you. I don't know if Dan knows how to find the podcast. <laughs> I don't have to find it. It just comes to me automatically. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, so you're not going to listen no. to the episode that you were on. We'll listen to whatever she wants to listen to. There you go. Well, shout out to Mrs. Soccer Dan uh, for um, for letting us hang out with Soccer Dan this morning. Yes. Shout out to Miss Soccer Dan. There you go. Um, all right. Well, make sure you follow us on social media, facebook.com slash Del reunion on Instagram at Del reunion soccer on the podcast, Instagram at D E soccer podcast. Make sure you also follow the diamonds at D E union diamonds on Instagram and Facebook diamond season's coming up. I'm excited. Uh, Dan, are you excited for the diamond season? Oh yeah. Awesome. Um, Dan, do you still have your Instagram account? Maybe. Have <laughs> a reason not to have it. <laughs> probably still have it. Make sure you follow at Soccer Dan three hundred two. Oh yeah, that too. <clears throat> yeah, Soccer Dan three hundred two. <laughs> and thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot. <laughs>